Hey everybody, welcome to episode 17 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and I've got a really great guest for us again this week. Uh, Somebody that's got a laundry list full of accolades, and uh, I am going to go through some of those with you because uh, there's just too many to to let go unnoticed. So uh, my guest today, Jaravi Boonchant, is a junior at Duke University. Jarvi attended high school at IMG Academy, where I crossed paths with her uh, a few years ago. In 2016, she won the Annika Invitational, um, had a host of other top 20 finishes in her junior career uh, and through high school. Then went on to her freshman year at Duke for the 2017-18 season um, where she was third team uh, Golf Week All-American, WGCA All-America Honorable Mention, All-ACC Selection, All-ACC Academic Team, and one of the top freshmen in the nation. She actually set the stroke average, uh, the second lowest stroke average in Duke history for a rookie um, in her freshman season. Then she went on to her sophomore uh, season last year where she helped Duke to its seventh national championship in school history where once again uh, she was a WGCA and Golf Week first team All-American. She was named the top 10 finalist for the WGCA National Player of the Year. knocked off the number one ranked amateur in the world um, in her third match in the national championship, which we'll talk a little bit about um, in our chat. And um, she's also achieved really highly in the classroom as well last year. And she continues to make strides. She played um, in the first ever Augusta National Women's Amateur uh, last year. And, um, you know, Jarvie's just a, a really strong player. She's a really strong student. Uh, she hails from Bangkok, Thailand, originally. And uh, like I said, moved to the U.S. a few years before she went to Duke to uh, attend IMG for high school. So I think you guys are going to love this chat. Uh, I think you're going to pull away some information specifically about her mental game. She's got a really strong one um, and has got some really good tips around that and just you know some other things that she's experienced throughout her career as a junior player and in through college. So uh, I appreciate you guys joining. If you sit tight, I'll be right back with Jarvie Boonchant. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, welcome to episode 17 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm excited today. I get to reconnect uh, with somebody that I haven't really talked to in a couple years. Uh, we crossed paths when I was at IMG Academy, and Jarvi Boonchant is now at Duke University um, in her junior year up the fall golf season. Uh, and I've got Jarvi on the line right now. So, Jarvi, how's it going? Yeah, hi. Um, that's good. Thank you so much for inviting me to join your yeah. Um, podcast. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, just want to chat with you a little bit, um, kind of like we were talking about before we got started. Just, 
you know, this podcast I started to just be a good resource for junior golfers and their families as they're kind of going through their journeys um, as junior golfs, golfers. And I think you've got a, a pretty good story with, um, you know, where you've come from and where you are now. And can you just kind of share with us a little bit about, you know, how you got introduced to golf and just kind of walk us through your journey, like from a junior player to where you are at Duke now? Yeah, sure. Um, I started playing golf when I was six years old. I started just because my dad was playing golf. So I just want to um, hang out with him and spend time with him. And that's how I get into golf. And then I started to play more competitively when I was eight, but it was when I was in Thailand. And then when I decided that I really want to do this, like in the future, that's when I went, I moved to the U.S. I came to the U.S. for high school at IMG Academy. And that's when I start playing more competitively um, in the U.S., like internationally. And, um, and that is like a really... It's like IMG was like an open door for me to get in touch with, um, to get in contact with my coach right now, Dan Brooks at um, Duke University. And that's how I got recruited by just playing AJGA events and um, other tournaments in the US. Yeah. Um, when you were playing in Thailand and growing up, what, what attracted you to the, to the game of golf? I know you said you wanted to spend some time with your dad, mm-hmm. but... Once you got out there with your dad, what what made you fall in love with the game? Um, I I found it very challenging to be playing golf. I mean, because like a lot of, well, I was very very small when I was little, so it's very hard for me to compete in like other sports. Like I wouldn't be able to play basketball, and I feel like golf is not just because of your size. It's also like your mental game is very important for golf too, and I found that really challenging too. Like, I feel like playing golf is not just competing against other people, but also against yourself. And that's just really fun and um, challenging. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's uh, the mental game is a huge piece of it. And, you know, I know that when I was around you, when we were at IMG, um, you know, you're sort of a quiet competitor. You know, you kind of keep yourself and um at least from what i observed <laughs> yeah. um you know you kind of go and you put your work in and um but you know quietly go about your business so can you talk to us a little bit about just your mental game we'll just kind of jump right into that since you brought it up i'm just kind of curious you know what types of things you work on from a mental perspective for the game yeah sure like when i was young i used to get like super emotional when i play golf like I would be like extremely happy when I made a birdie and then extremely sad and mad when I made a bogey. And that's really, <laughs> and that affects my game a lot. Like I, like after one bogey, I wouldn't be able to um, calm myself down and would continue making more and more bogeys. And by the end of the day, I already shoot like a hundred or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that's just not good. So, um, so Right now, well, sometimes I'm still caught up in that cycle, but right now, working with my coach, I'm trying to focus on, like, uh, simple stuff. Like, instead of focusing on the results, I might be focusing on, like, um, just a target where I'm aiming to, just a simple thing to get my mind out of the results, and that helps a lot. 
with my game. Yeah. Do you mean like just the the score specifically when you say result? Yeah. Like I got okay. caught up a lot with the score, with the numbers. Yeah. yeah. So I try yeah. to um how would I put this like replace my thought with something else. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what what kinds of things do you do to try to replace your thoughts? So you were saying that, you know, before when you were younger, mm-hmm. um, you would get really mad if you made a bogey or yeah. something worse, maybe, or you'd get really happy or excited. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be, that can maybe do as much damage as getting mad, right? Yeah. Like if you get overly excited. So yeah. I mean, what types of things do you then like try to f- keep your focus on? Um, just for example, I try to focus on every single shot. Like I would stay, try to stay in the present as much as possible. Like if, um, for example, like last tournament, um, when I was playing in East Lake, I had a bogey on this hole and the next hole. Like in the past, I would be like keep thinking about that hole that I made a bogey, but now I'm trying to focus on like, okay, I already made a bogey. I can't change that. So how can I do better? So I just like, Focusing on a shot that I'm about to hit instead of the last hole that already happened. And yeah. yeah. And this can be like simple things. Just like look, keep looking at the tree or like focusing more on my breath to like calm myself down. And okay. that was like, I was like, I was trying to distract myself from the score. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What types of things do you talk to yourself at all when you play? No. I feel like a lot of golfers kind of talk to themselves, even if it's just in their own head, you know, like talking on, under their breath and stuff. Yeah, honestly, like when I'm not hitting my shot, I'm trying to think about something else outside of golf. Okay. Yeah, I would like be, oh, before I tee off, I would listen to a song and that song would like stuck in my head for the whole round. And I like it <laughs> okay. that way. Yeah, I feel like because like college tournament is like quite long it's longer than junior event like the pace so we would already be out there in the golf course for like six hours and thinking about golf all the time I think that kind of like stressed me out a little bit so I was trying to think about something else maybe like something fun or just like the music or like singing in my head yeah try to relaxing my um my mind and my muscle a little bit yeah. 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 So you've played on a lot of different stages, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you've um, competed at a very high level in the junior rankings. Um, you've obviously are playing on a really high stage right now. You've got a lot of accolades. I can't really go into reading them all mm-hmm. or that would take up all the time that we've got together today. So, <laughs> uh, but just as a highlight, what I would say, and just for those of you listening that don't know anything about Jarvie, she has really achieved highly academically um, and in her golf um, with all American honors, with all ACC honors. Um, She's ranked number 24 currently in the world amateur golf rankings. Um, She's played on the professional stage. I know, was it last summer that you played in the LPGA Thailand event? Um, It was two summers ago. Was it two summers ago? Okay. So, I mean, what does anything change when you kind of have gone through these different stages, I guess, in your career in terms of your thinking or the things that you're focused on with your game? Uh, anything like that? Um, 
honestly, I think, um, I think my mental part get better and better every time I play in a tournament, especially in a big event. Like, um, before coming to college, my mind was like everywhere when I play golf. And then once I entered college and I get to talk with my um, assistant coach and we've been working on this a lot and that's really helped me. And um, after every tournament I play, I feel like I learned something new every time and I kind of like found my way, like how to calm myself and that really helped. And also I played in the Augusta Women Nationals last year, like, I mean, yeah. this year in the spring. And um, that's like one of the biggest events I ever played in my life. And that taught me a lot. Like my mind on the first hole was like crazy. It was everywhere. Like I couldn't, my hand, my hands were shaking. And that's like the were first they? time. Yeah. And, but I managed to go through the day and that was, uh, and that gave me a lot, like how important it is to be able to calm your mind when you play golf. Like I snap hook my first shot every day <laughs> when I play Did that you? tournament. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, it's getting better throughout the day since, like, I was able to, like, get it together and calm myself down. And um, and I think that event actually helped me to be able to play at nationals, like, at the yeah. time that it matters. Yeah. Sure. Just, like, the experience yeah, I mean, really helped me that's... build up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think, too, like, just for the audience that's listening and what I'm kind of taking away from what she's saying is – um, you know, the, the more competitive rounds that you can, that you can put yourself in and, and the tougher competitive rounds that you can enter, um, just help you grow yeah. as a player is kind of what I'm taking away from what you're saying. Cause at Augusta, I mean, you talk about being nervous and snap hooking your tee shot and your hands are shaking, but at the end of the day, you finish tied for 12th, right? Yeah. In that tournament. Yeah. So you know, you were able to, to battle through those nerves, which, you know, for anybody out there listening, we're talking to one of the best players in the world in the amateur rankings. Uh, everybody's nervous when they go out there and play. So I think what we can kind of take away from this is, you know, how are we channeling those nerves? Because then you bring up too, you know, it helped prepare you for nationals where, you know, congratulations, you guys are the, the reigning national champions. Thank you. Um, and you played a big part in that, right? I mean, you knocked off the number one ranked amateur in the world um, to help your team, you know, lead them to victory. So can you talk about that match a little bit? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so, well, throughout the day on, well, that's, so we played two matches before the final and I lost in the in both of them. I lost to Andrea Lee and Haley Moore on the quarterfinal and semifinal. And then I, um, I met with Jennifer Capcho for the final round. So I've played with, I played a practice round at Agassa with her before. So I saw how she played her game and it was really amazing. Like she's a really good ball striker and she strike it so far. So it's like much further than I do. So I got like, yeah. I actually was super nervous and, um, when I know that I need to, that I got paired with her and I did not have like any confidence at all um, going to that round. But um, I think at nationals, like since it's match play and it's a team event, so it's kind of different. Like I got super motivated every time I see my um, teammates 
uh, made a part or even like hit a chart. I feel like um, I knew that I wasn't be able to help the team that much on the first two matches, but um, but I still I never gave up and I try my best every shot to like be able to contribute something to my team and that really worked out well. And also like I try to. Again, it's a mental part. I try to stay calm for the whole entire round. And um, I stick to my plan. I play my own game. I'm trying not to focus on how different played and stick on my game. And that really worked out well at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah, it did. I mean, I just think it's amazing. Like, it's really tough to do what you did because, you know, mentally, when you lose those first two matches, um you know, that hurts. Right. And, you know, you want to help your team and you want to be a part of um, moving the team forward, but, you know, ultimately you were able to bounce back and really show up when it counted. So, you know, one thing I actually jotted down while you were talking was play your game and you actually just said it. Yeah. And I think it's super challenging to do sometimes, especially like you said, when you've you've played with somebody before Mm -hmm. and you've seen how they play and you've kind of analyzed, you know, how they're going to attack the golf course, which like you said, is a little bit different than what you were going to do because of just uh, the length of, um, of play that Jennifer brought, you know, to the course. And so can you kind of help the folks that are listening and specifically, I guess, talking to the kids that are listening, Mm -hmm. you know, what kinds of things are you doing to try to stay? You know, I guess it all ties back to the mental game, but what kinds of things are you doing to just stay within your own game and just keep reminding yourself that this is how you play golf? Yeah, it's kind of tied back to what I talked before that, like, try to focus on the simple stuff. Like, um, because I feel like for me, when I was younger, I got distracted by the score and that doesn't count as play your own game because now I will be looking at other people how they played and how they score and like um get my mind would get mixed up on that numbers so I would say like I try to stay in the present that really helped doing like chat by chat without like um worrying about how other people are doing and um and I don't know, for me, what really worked well is that I don't really talk when I play golf because I okay. I got distracted so much when I started talking with my playing partner. It's not like I don't like them, but I just like couldn't control myself. So I try to talk sure. less so that I have more time to myself, even though I'm not thinking about golf or thinking about my game, but at least like just to myself because I feel like when I start talking to other people I start to like look at them more and then eventually I would be looking at how they play and that game would be in my head as well so I guess like yeah I'm trying to be with myself as much as possible in the golf course yeah yeah that's really interesting that's tough and I think it's a little bit you know it's different for everybody right so I mean you've got some players out there that won't quit talking <laughs> yeah you know, and my then you've teammates got... definitely like like to talk like she said she told me that she played better when she talked to other people she's like it's relaxing her but it's like yeah. doesn't work for me so I think it's like different for everyone yeah yeah and I think for those of you that are listening that are you know trying to figure out your own game and are trying to figure out 
you know, how to, to maximize your own potential out there on the golf course. It really just comes down to, you know, golf's this very individual game, you know, not every swing is the same, not every style is the same. Um, and specifically too, there's some different, um, you know, fundamentals when it comes to golf, both, um, technically and mentally, but you know, everybody's got to kind of find what works for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. So you moved to the U S to go to IMG and was, was the goal always to get to Duke Yeah. or what, what was it? Okay. Um, why Duke? What, was it a school that you just knew of since you were a young girl? Yeah, so, like, first of all, my parents, um, they like Duke a lot. Like, they've been, um, my parents, my dad is a lawyer, and one of his clients graduated from Duke, and my dad really, like, looked up to him, so he heard a lot of good stuff from Duke. So he always told me this, like, oh, if you have a chance, if, like, if you were to play, um, if you were if you want to play college golf, I would like you to go to Duke. And once I come to the U.S., one of my, like, first goal is to get into Duke. And that's how I um, decided to come to IMG, actually. Yeah. And then after, yeah. like, being able to explore, like, many other schools, I just feel like Duke is the best fit for me. Like, both academically and um, the strength of the golf team and also, like, it's located in North Carolina, so the weather is not too extreme. Like, it's not super, super cold in the winter. Like, right now, we can still practicing. Like, I just finished practice today, too. So, I think it's, like, a good place to train and also to go to school. Yeah. So, you did look at some other schools yeah, through the process, right? I do, yeah. So, can you talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, you don't have to go into the specifics of the schools, mm-hmm. but just... What types of things were you paying attention to? Just because I think there's a lot of people that are listening. There's some parents listening. Mm-hmm. And there's some kids listening that are trying to figure out how do I find the right school for me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said Duke is the perfect school for you. So when you were out there looking at other schools and visiting and talking to other coaches, mm-hmm. what were the things that were important to you? First, I look at the strength of the team and also the academic part of the school. I try to find the one I like and Duke is what I like because like I feel like Duke they have a pretty strong academic program as well as golf program and the way they balance it it's pretty good and I like it and also um, one of the um, the best part of Duke that I like is that my coach like to keep the team small we only have seven like last year we have only we only have six players and this year we don't we only have seven players so we get really really close like after a month and um i really like that um environment it's like we it's not like we are the teammates but we're more like a family now since it's only seven of us and we see each, each other every day and it's like i don't know it's really fun to be around the girls and also yeah. i since i was since I came from Thailand, I can't really tolerate the cold that much. So I'm trying to look for the school that I could practice, like when the winter is not that severe that I still could practice. And I also look at the um, um, the academic part, like 
whether the school is a semester school or a quarter school. Because, like, I mean, quarter, I mean, both of them has like the benefits and also the disadvantage. Like, for example, Duke is a semester school, so we would start our school and end in May. When by the time we play nationals, we already finished our schoolwork so that we have more time to focus on golf. But while like a quarter school, I see like people taking their finals, doing nationals and. <laughs> I just don't want to put myself in that situation. That's why, like, Duke is also, like, the better choice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, those are some interesting perspectives. So, I mean, I think if any of you out there are are, are trying to, you know, assess what type of a school you want to go to, I think, you know, like Jarvie's saying, it's important to to understand kind of how the coach is is building the team. Um, You know, obviously, you want to have – good relationships that come out of your uh, teammates and also your coach relationship too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to look at things like geographic location, you know, what's more important to you? Is it, you know, weather, is it, um, you know, the facilities, you know, those types mm-hmm. of things, which I'm sure that you weighed all that into account when you're yeah. looking at schools too. Um that's interesting that you bring up the the semester versus the quarter system. That's something I haven't really thought about before and I haven't yeah. had anybody talk to me about. Yeah, I actually never really thought about that before I came to Duke. But when I played nationals my first year, that's really hit me. Like I our team since it's a semester school, so we were having fun and just like have my mind all fully focusing on golf but then we see like other school like they were taking exams after the round and I feel like I just feel so bad for them yeah (laughs) like nationals in general the rounds take like so much longer than normal events so it's already like take up so much time during the day and then you need to still go and do your exam and it's just like yeah yeah (laughs) do you um are, are there any other things in your recruiting process that you think are important for people to know or to pay attention to? Um, I think one more thing that Duke really stood out to me is that Duke is not that of a big university. So the ratio of like um, student per professor is really small. Like I think our school is only like, like we have a relatively small um size like class size so it's like it's easier for us to make like a good relation to make good relationship with our professor and since we have a lot of like athletic department here is kind of big for the school so like the professor is more like open-minded and more open to like when we miss the school and they were more generous like with the um assignment and stuff like they're more understanding Sure. And I and I think like as a golf team, as Duke Women golf team, I think we have a really good relationship with professors since the program started too. So we have a really good reputation and um professors like willing to um compromise when we miss the school too. So that really helps. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean I know you're definitely putting in work in the classroom too, because I know that you've I think you've made the honor roll and have you made all ACC academic team both of your first two years? Yep. Yes. Yep. So can you talk a little bit about 
just the balance of golf and academics. Cause like you said earlier, I mean, Duke is, you know, top notch in both areas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what is that balance like? Like what, what does a typical week look like for you? Um, so I guess my, after talking to many other players, my school is kind of different. Like my coach would already have like a, schedule for us of when we need to practice and when we play like we have a team schedule so I think I guess like that kind of make my life easier because I would just need to um, schedule my class around the golf um, practice schedule but then that means I just um, the I don't know I feel like if I just practice if I just follow the schedule and practice that much it's already enough to help building my game so outside of the practice time I can keep my mind fully on academic part and that really helped so like this semester I would be practicing we would play 18 holes on Monday Wednesday Friday afternoon and all my classes are in the morning and on Tuesday Thursday we practice from 8 30 to eleven forty-five, and then my classes are in the afternoon so outside of okay. our like practice program, I was able to fully concentrate on my academics and I could go see my TAs or professor when I need help. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing outside of your just required team practice? Um, so sometimes like on the weekend sometimes I would like go out and practice for like an hour or two just like light practice and then I'll try to do my homework I'm trying to get ahead because I like especially during the season we get we miss school a lot so that's a lot of like um makeup work and stuff so I'm trying to get myself ahead of the schedule so that I don't need to do as much work during the tournament when we are traveling and um yeah. and I like to hang out with my friends too. So I would like tr- find try to find some free time and hang out and have fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's important, right? Because you know, I think that you know a lot of high level athletes at, at Division One schools that are pushing themselves in their sport and in their academics mm-hmm. um, sometimes can lose a little bit of like their their me time, yeah. right? And so. I think it's important to to find that balance um, out there. So, I mean, what kind of advice can you give to young kids that are trying to do something similar um, or reach some of the the places that you're in right now academically and with their golf games Mm -hmm. and just finding that balance, I guess, and still having fun? Well, I don't know. For me, before coming to Duke, academic is always like, number one like the most important thing because I feel like um like right now I still think academic is also number one like I would no matter how like for example no matter how good I am I would get my degree before I turn pro and I think that's really important and really important to keep in mind that's like no matter how much you like golf I think you still need to concentrate on your academic as well because it will open you so much more opportunities that you will never know and um so for someone who really want who wanted to play like uh college golf I would say try to balance your academic and golf 
and um um and also like be patient like I didn't know I would have come this far when I was eight years old when I was in Thailand I never know that I would get into Duke my dream school so I think everyone has their own timeline it might not happen now but it will eventually happen so just be patient and trust your game and keep working hard and one day your hard work will pay off that's really good advice yeah Yeah, I think sometimes you know I've I've seen a lot of junior players come up through the rankings and I think that almost exactly what you said, maybe in just different words, but players peak at different times, right? So, you know, sometimes you see really young players, maybe eight, nine, 10 years old, you know, winning a lot of tournaments, um, but then maybe they sort of drop off a little bit while other players that have maybe just been putting in the work, you know, year after year, Mm -hmm. um, you know, finally reach that good balance um, and can see their games, you know, start to really elevate and take off. And then maybe they jump past those people that were, you know, beating them when they were a little bit younger. So I think that's really good advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what are some of your, you know, you're halfway through the season Mm -hmm. right now um, in your junior season. Uh, You mentioned turning pro, not saying that you were turning pro, but you just said, you know, before you would turn pro, you'd make sure you got your degree. Yeah. Is turning pro a goal of yours? Yeah, it is. It actually is, yeah. So what are talk to us about some of your goals. Um actually before coming to college, I never really have a thought of like playing Q school or like turning pro at all. My goal is kind of like step by step. Like I always have a big picture of like going to play uh college at golf. But then I never really have a thought of me playing in LPJ or anything. I try to keep my mind simple and try to make like small goal. Like I would have like my big right now, my big goal would be like turning pro eventually sometime after I graduated. But I also have like my small goal for a certain period of time. Like I would say for this year, I my goal would be like winning nationals with my team again. And that would okay. like, I'm trying to make small, many small goals along the way to, in a way that would help me achieve my big goal, I would say. Yeah, it's really smart. Yeah. So what does that, what does that do for you? Um, you know, when you, you make your big goal, mm-hmm. um, what do those small goals do for you along the way? So I feel like if you if I only make one big goal, it's kind of like too far away from me. Like I can't. It's kind of hard to see myself picturing myself playing in the LPJ right now. But it's not that hard to see myself playing at nationals. Since we played that before, sure. it's like it's more close to like what you have done or like I don't know. I feel like how can I say this? Like, um. Uh, I can see myself better and I have like a more clear picture of myself playing mm-hmm. nationals and that kind of helped me just like oh okay this goal is actually um doable so that I have like more motivated when I know that's like oh it's like it makes sense it's reasonable to make this goal I'm not saying that's like yeah. turning pro is like not doable but it's just like it's just 
that's like sure it's like yeah that's how i felt yeah that makes sense that makes sense that's um yeah it's a really interesting way to look at it. i think it's a really smart way to look at it who is that something that you've developed on your own is there somebody that's kind of helped you with that thought process oh, i actually learned from christian the mental coach from img yeah one of his class he always said like yeah you should you should make a goal so that you have like a clear so that your mind is clear on what like you're working on and instead of making just one big goal you should have like some small goals to um to help you to achieve the big one and i found that's really helpful yeah. and i've been doing that since then yeah what about so i mean failure is a part of success mm-hmm. too yes. right so along the way you know, and you set those small goals, mm-hmm. sometimes we don't achieve every single one of them, yeah. right? So how do you, how do you handle failure? Honestly, I don't feel like, play, for me, playing in any tournament, even though I don't win, maybe I played bad. I don't see it as a failure. It's like, because I feel like I learn everything, Maybe it's like some small thing, but I learned every I learned something from every tournament I played, and that helped me to be a better player. Like at Augusta, I snap hook every first shot, but after the tournament, I knew like why I did that. I knew I was so nervous. I was, it was a mental game, so I worked on that part and the nationals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's really interesting. So I mean. I think it's it's really easy to, you know, get down. It's like what you were talking about earlier when you're in the middle of a round and you make a bogey and you get really mad. You know, yeah. the same thing can be applied in the goals. You know, you can you can get really mad about it or you can kind of sit back and reflect and pull out some positives from the situation and use those moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. What else, what other kind of advice would you give to just junior players and, the, and their parents that are coming up and trying to, um, you know, achieve some similar goals of, of playing in college and playing at a high level or maybe trying to play professionally as well? Um, just like I said before, being, be patient and keep working hard because not everything going to happen. Um, not, yeah, the like you said before, everyone's peak, everyone peak at a different time. So just be patient and trust your game and yeah, keep working hard and trust me, like one day is going to pay it off and you will never know when that one day is, but it will definitely pay off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do want to kind of move towards wrapping up, but I really appreciate you being on here because I think a lot of the things that you talk about, uh, just are super important. I hope parents, if you're listening and, and kids, if you guys are listening too, I mean, some of the things that Jarvie is talking about, you know, what are you now? Tw- are you 20 years old yet? Yeah, I'm 20. 20. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 20 years old is not that old and to be so mature about the thought process and, you know, the mental side of the game, I think is just, I think it's awesome. I think that you're just doing a, a great job. And I appreciate you kind of sharing, you know, everything that you're going through and kind of your thought process behind a lot of stuff. But um, like I said earlier, as we move towards wrapping up, 
I said earlier that, you know, you've got a ton of accolades, um, both as a junior player, as a collegiate player. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things that you're the most proud of? Mm, I will say when I play national Basio with my teammate, um, honestly, I'm not a really, I never consider myself a good match play um, golfer um, because when I get like down, many downs, I tend to give up halfway. Like I, I always have oh, one bad thing about my game is like I always have the negative thought when I play golf and I'm trying, I'm, I'm working on that. And um, so when I, whenever I play match play and I start to get down, I get myself even more down <laughs> mentally. Yeah. And but at nationals, as I see my teammates were working really, really hard, and that really motivates me to like. I actually never give up at all throughout the tournaments, throughout every rounds, even on the in the quarterfinal and semifinal rounds. And um, and the finals round, I did not give up either. And finally, my hard work pay off. I was being patient the whole round, and I get to um, win the 19th hole, and that helped my team to want to win the tournament. And I was really proud of myself as well as my teammates that we were being very patient and believing in each, each other. And we finally did it. And yeah, I think that probably one of the proudest moments in my life. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's, that's a great place to end. Um, and I really appreciate your time and I wish you and the team the best of luck in defending the title this year. Thank you. Um, I think you guys have a good chance of doing that. So, uh, I'll be following you guys and I'll be cheering for you and I appreciate you joining the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome, Jarvi. Well, guys, that wraps up episode 17 of Junior Golf Keys with Jarvi Boonchamp from Duke University. I hope you guys took away some value from that conversation. Um, Jarvi's definitely got a lot of really good playing experience, as you heard. Um, she's very competitive in the classroom as well. Just a very well-rounded student athlete, um, which is why she's at Duke, uh, a school that excels both academically and athletically, uh, which was a really good fit for her. So, um If you guys took away some value from this show, please share it. Please leave a review. Also, make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on some of the other exciting guests that we have coming up as we approach the end of the year um, and through the holidays and then uh, excited to kick off a second season once we make the turn uh, into 2020. So don't want to get ahead of ourselves there uh, because we still got some great guests to finish up the year. Um, But like I said, if you like it, please share it. Please leave a review. And um, I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.